bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass podcast. Hey everybody, <laughs> this is Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. I'm Garrett. I'm Amber. And I'm Garrett. <laughs> Appreciate you guys joining us. How you doing, wife? I'm good, honey. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Had a big dumb chicken sandwich from uh, Lazy, Lazy Dog. Dog. They got this thing called the Lazy Dog Sandwich. It's fried chicken, bacon, an egg on top, cheese, and like this miso... Maple syrup sort of? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so good. So I'm about ready to pass out, but I'm also pumped for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, we wanted to start off the episode, first of all, with talking about my chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that was yep. number one. Yeah. Just delightful. <laughs> and also thanking everybody who's uh, subscribed, who's listened, who's thought about listening, and they're like, oh, well, I got stuff to do. Like, just even thinking about listening to this means even a lot man. to us. Even if you're on the crapper and you're listening, I don't really Listen don't to care. us on the crapper, you guys. We don't know unless you tell us, which you can. You don't have to, but you can. Um, and uh, we've also gotten some some fantastic feedback, both mm-hmm. like really positive and also constructive. Cause which I'm open for. I'm we don't sure know what we're doing. Yeah. This is our first podcast. So yeah, we, we need to hear that stuff so we can try and be better. So uh, thank you all and glad you're joining us again for this episode. Uh, so, of course, we're still smack dab in the middle of October. And, oh, you know what? I'm getting ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm scooting Jump ahead. In. I apologize. We're probably probably not going to cut this out. <laughs> so, wife, uh, tell me about what you've been into lately. Um, was that a terrible? That was, that was, yeah, that was <laughs> forced. Yeah, all right. All right. No, I um, So, no, I was excited to see that the second season of... The Haunting of Hill House is out. So The Haunting of Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just started the first episode last night, which I think we only made it 10 minutes in because I was so tired that I think I just kept falling asleep. But it looked right. to be really, really cool so far. Yeah, we're recording this on Saturday. The 10th came mm-hmm. out yesterday, I believe. And yesterday uh, we took Cash to his uh, EEG, uh, which he did a great job. Um, but uh, Thursday night... We both stayed up super late with him, and then Amber woke him up at like 5.30 in the morning the next day to make sure he was super sleep-deprived so we could drive him down to the Children's uh, children's Hospital in Broomfield. Brighton? Brighton. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, who cares? I think it's Broomfield. <laughs> well, anyway, whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so they, they hooked him up to an EEG machine, and he napped, and they got some good readings, so it was all worth it, but we were zombies yesterday so yeah we were lucky to get 10 minutes into that show because we were both yeah. just we were tired we were beat so uh but yeah first impressions of 10 minutes of the yep. haunting of blind manor <laughs> yeah no i think um the intro is very cool they kind of set it up of uh who did we say it was carla Googly? carla gugino gugina <laughs> oh no now now you got me here i'm thinking googlio that is not a name anywho well, while he looks at the name, um, she, she, they kind of, you know, the camera follows her around. She ends up going to kind of like a family rehearsal dinner. And at the end of dinner, they're all kind of sitting around um, having a nightcap and talking about yeah. stories. And she kind of brings up a story that she knows. Yeah. At least we think she's family because it's cool. Like they mm-hmm. do a lot of uh, nonverbal storytelling because she shows up and somebody's giving a speech and she like. He kind of makes eyes at her. I don't know if it's eyes or a knowing glance. Like, I don't even know if Carla Gugino's, like, family. Like, she might be a 
an ex-wife or something. So I guess we'll we'll see. Time will yeah. tell. Yeah. But I'm super stoked because I really liked um, Haunting of Hill House a lot. Um, just super creepy. A few you know jumpy moments, but. Um, no, I thought they did that first season really, really well. Yeah, yeah. So we may dig deeper into that as uh, this month continues on. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for it too. That first season, The Haunting of Hill House, is incredible. The mm-hmm. uh, I want to say it was I don't remember which episode it was, but there's an episode where it's primarily set in a funeral home, yes. and a lot of it is set up like a one take. Um, they probably do some cuts in there, but it's it's shot and edited in such a way that it looks like they are just filming a a scene for like 20 minutes or Continuous, something. Continuous, right? It's incredible. Yeah. Like I said, they they probably sneak some cuts in there, um, but it's still an achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's terrifying. We need to watch the first season again because yeah. I think I told you apparently there's a lot of like hidden ghosts just in like the back of shots and stuff. Like they'll be descending a staircase and we never saw, but there will be like a ghost, like kind of peeking their head up behind the staircase, looking like very I, subtle, creepy stuff. I feel like there was a couple times where we were watching it, and I would kind of notice it, and you mm-hmm. didn't at the time. And I think it pointed it out, and you were like, "Oh my god!" You're like, a lot more observant than I am for sure, so I I don't doubt that one bit. But yeah, yeah. it's just it's so cool, and yeah, the haunting of Blind Manor has a couple. Mm-hmm. You said of the same actors from the first movie that I I think there's two that we saw in the intro. So far, yeah, yeah, right. Besides Carla Gugino, but in the right. opening credits, yeah, it's the twins from the first series, the adult twins. Yeah, there they play are, different characters yeah. now, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's really cool. Like I, I thought both those character, both those actors were fantastic in the first seasons. For the for them to come back, well, hell yeah, might as well. Well, I, I loved how American Horror Story does that with every mm-hmm. one of their seasons, you know, using the same character yeah. or same actors, uh, just as different people. So this will be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. But what are, what, what are you what, into? What are, what are you? What? <laughs> <laughs> We're great at this. We're doing a great job. Uh, so I just downloaded last night, uh, Friday the 13th, the video game. Just came out like a year or two ago. I didn't play it initially because... Uh, it seemed like it had a lot of server issues, a lot of bugging, like bugs in the game. Um, and also, I'm, I'm not a huge horror video game fan, but like it's it's October, we're doing this. I thought, well, this will be fun. So I played one game, and in this game, you can either play as Jason Voorhees, the killer, or one of the camp counselors. And it's totally random, um, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so I played as a camp counselor, and when you're a camp counselor, your goal is to escape the camp. And you can do that by fixing up a car or a boat. And you do that by like finding gasoline, finding a battery, um, getting the keys, and then you can drive everybody out there. You can fix uh, the telephones in the camp so you can call the police and have them come and basically open up a doorway to let you out of the camp. Um, and... Uh, you can also do it just by lasting long enough, but uh, I played it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think the person that was playing Jason was might have been a little new at the game, or I'm just like I'm like 360 no scoping a badass Friday the Thirteenth player, and I didn't even <laughs> know it because uh, he chased me a few times, and it was really intense, really scary. The music is fantastic because they're really 
Builds the Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kept, like, I kept turning the camera around to look behind me because I thought for sure I'd look and there'd just be big Jason, like, chasing me, ready to to tear me apart. Um, But uh, I made it out, survived, and uh, it's cool. I'm looking forward to playing some more. Um, I'm I'm not a huge slasher movie fan, uh, but I think in the context of a video game, I'll probably be cool with it because I know they're just, like, ones and zeros and polygons but there's like uh classic kind of kills you can do from the movies in the game it's it's supposedly got a ton of fan service in there which i think is great like i said i'm not a I, i've seen a couple of uh the the friday the 13th movies mm-hmm. not a ton yeah um but I, I think that's great that uh somebody created a video game and really you could tell they really loved the source material and I feel like we're getting a lot of that now. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't get that much. You know, somebody would make a Street Fighter movie, and at most, like, they'd have the characters do the poses at the end. But the rest of it is like, how is this Street Fighter? Like, it was... Um, anyways, uh, and the other thing is uh, I want to listen to some more uh, of the Misfits music. Mm. Um, there's a podcast I'm listening to called No Dogs in Space, and it's a horror, um, excuse me, a music history podcast. But the first few bands they've covered have all been punk, which I don't know a lot about 70s and 80s punk. And one they covered was The Misfits. And uh, Glenn Danzig, that's the band that he broke off of to go solo. And they're kind of, they're like horror punk. So. You know, when, when Christmas rolls around, we listen to Christmas mu- Christmas music, and, you know, usually on Halloween, you listen to the Monster Mash or whatever, but, right. like, Misfits seems like some some month-appropriate music that I kind of want to start getting into and listening to some more of. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to. tradition, honey. Yeah. Just, just busting that out every last day in Misfits. October. Yeah, you guys <laughs> will start hating October. Cash might like it. Cash actually wanted to listen to some music on the way home, and we listened to... Uh, dead kennedys and i asked him do you like this he's like yeah he's never said that yeah, for no. years he's like i don't like daddy's music <laughs> and all of a sudden he he was cool with it so yeah tables are turning just a I, little bit yeah i'm gonna teach him the lyrics to uh, nazi punks f off and we're gonna <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time which according to you it's totally fine if he says f off because it's to Nazis. if it's so. to nazis i'll allow it <laughs> I don't think that's a. I don't think that's you know. No, no. A crazy take, <laughs> at least not for me. Um, all right, so now we're gonna get into the horror movies that we watched this week. That's what this whole month is kind of based around. Is Amber and I watch a horror movie every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a brief like one minute video recap on Facebook, but we wanted to do this podcast to dive in deeper. Uh, so five of the movies, five of the seven, we're gonna kind of go over the synopsis, what we liked, what we didn't like dig a little deeper but then there's two one that amber picked one that i picked that we're we're gonna try and get a little deeper on um so let's get started the first movie we watched this week on sunday the lord's day as we all know Mm. was stigmata yep and what did you think of this one honey i kind of dug it i mean Mm -hmm. but i don't know if i necessarily watched it again yeah. So I appreciated it taking place in the 1990s, like mm-hmm. the nostalgic aspect of it. It kind of took me back to growing up in the 90s. Yeah. You know, and I, you see the hair and the, f- the inflatable furniture. Mm-hmm. And I think we had a inflatable chair in our apartment growing up. So that, <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that was our one treat. Us three girls <laughs> got to share that. No, um, 
you know, things like that, like the butterfly clips and yeah. whatever. But um, that was really fun. And I think just the overall story of it um, was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll read a brief synopsis. Uh, this is from a website called imdb.com. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, when a young woman becomes afflicted by stigmata, a priest is sent to investigate her case, which may have severe ramifications for his faith and for the Catholic Church itself. Mm-hmm. So you had said that uh, you didn't know what stigmata was before right. this. Yeah. And I only learned what stigmata was from this movie when I watched it when I was like 13. Mm. Um, and I was telling you earlier something else I learned, which I, I like. I was watching this movie and, you know, you watch movies you watch when you were a kid, you hadn't seen it in forever, and I remembered learning from this movie that there's a scene where, uh, so Patricia Arquette is the uh, main protagonist, the uh, Gabriel Byrne is a priest that's there to help her out, he's the one that's trying to help her out with these stig- stigmatic injuries and solve the mystery. Uh, so one of the first, if you don't know, stigmata is basically where you are injured in a similar way to Jesus when he was crucified, um, mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm not a that's how they I'm not a priest in the, in the movie though yeah you know I'm not a the... not a priest that I know of right yeah right you know what I'm saying <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying uh, so so yeah so one of the first injuries that Patricia Arquette suffers uh, is she gets holes through her wrist through both of her wrists and she's talking to Gabriel Byrne in one scene and she's like. Basically, shouldn't I have holes in my hands? Because that's where the nails were driven into Jesus' hand and hanging from the cross. And Gabriel Byrne said, you know, there's the historians, plenty of historians now, uh, that basically say the hand wouldn't be able to hold Jesus' weight. Mm-hmm. It would have to go through the wrist, and that would be able to hold his weight because he was up on the cross for... Quite a, quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know how long. And of course, eventually you, you, your body weight gives out. And I believe I learned in high school, I have no idea if this is true. It's just something I learned, was that what actually killed people that were crucified is you hang so long and eventually um, you can't hold yourself up anymore. You're, you're dehydrated, you're mm-hmm. starving, you're, you're, you, know, you got heat exhaustion. I think the idea is that like somehow you suffocate because you're you're just kind of hanging there in your hands and you can't really support your own weight. Interesting. I mean, like your neck or something? No, not hung by your neck. I, again. Well, like, I don't know. This is secondhand information from when I was a high schooler <laughs> and I don't know if it was just somebody, somebody saying some nonsense. Um, doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, like Patricia Arquette, she gets holes in her wrist. Uh, she gets the bunch- lashings. On her yeah, back she gets lashings and- on her back, like when Jesus was uh, lashed while he was carrying the, the cross. Um, he has, uh, she has rather uh, cuts on her forehead, like Jesus crown. wearing the the crown of thorns. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, she gets uh, holes in her feet towards the end, mm-hmm. um, and basically what it ha- what had happened was. Uh, so her mother was kind of just touring around South America and, uh, this young boy sells her a rosary that she said, then sends to a Patricia Arquette's character. Uh, little does she know that this, this little hood rat, this little hoodlum, he stole the rosary from this priest who had just passed away, ran to the church, yanked it from 
the casket, which I yeah. thought was weird. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, and so basically this priest, he was one of only a few priests that knew that there were these documents found that were ancient, that basically they were the teachings of Jesus. They were written by Jesus himself. And the teachings were not in line with the Catholic Church. And mm-hmm. like I, what they were teaching, right? Yeah, or, or like it would cut into their profits. Maybe Jesus is like, don't give the church money or something. Uh, and, you know, this this movie paints the Catholic Church in a, a pretty negative light, I would say. Or mm-hmm. at least uh, the, the Cardinal, Cardinal Daniel Hausman, played by Jonathan Price. Um, so... Yeah, uh, the the priest dies, and basically, I guess his intent was whoever gets the rosary would then pass along that message somehow and pass along to the world that Jesus had these certain teachings, even though the Catholic Church doesn't want people to know because it goes against what's good for them and good for business. Um, which I just realized, like, was that kid on the payroll? Of the, of the priest that died? Right. Or is it just total happenstance? Or He kind of looked like he was just a literal, just a thief. Yeah. Which, Went and grabbed it and I mean, was I, trying to sell yeah. it to anybody on the street. I guess in a movie like this, if there's ever a time to say act of God, it would be in this movie. Yeah. Like God had a hand in all that. Whatever. Like it's it's a bit of a, a leap, but it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Like the movie's... I think fairly paper thin. Mm-hmm. Like what you see is what you get. There's there's no real metaphor in this. Yeah. Like uh, even uh, the main character Patricia Arquette, she's not a bad person. She she doesn't really she's seem a to learn. Yeah. She doesn't seem to learn any lesson at the beginning of the movie. She's just kind of partying in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. having a good time, and at the end, she survives, and it doesn't really like, like at the end she's she's kind of spinning around in the rain so maybe that's religious iconography of like being cleansed oh interesting yeah but that's that's about is and i I think i'm doing work on the movies part for that i don't think she really finds her faith or anything yeah um in the movie she's an atheist but it doesn't say like oh i used to be very religious but then you know my dog got hit by a car and i realized there was no god or whatever it's it's just Mm -hmm. it's like i said kind of pretty pretty uh paper thin mm-hmm. not a whole lot to go off there so yeah fine movie we were joking about her room because as the movie continues on she gets more and more leaks in her, in her ro- yeah like there's there's water dripping down from the roof and it's like well if the stigmata doesn't get her the black mold will because <laughs> it's it's literally oh yeah and at some point she's taking a bath but then something happens and she doesn't turn the water off or something yeah and, it's and like, it just ends up like flooding her apartment. She, yeah, she care less. That place has got to stink. <laughs> it has got to smell so bad. I don't care how much plastic furniture you have. Yeah, it's gonna get into the wood. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna get you know. It's gonna reek. Yeah. So that was the first one. Solid. I think we both give it a gave it a watch. It more so for the nostalgia factor than anything else. Yeah. Next is the house is October built. And this one was requested to us, or uh, uh, suggested, thank you, recommended mm-hmm. by a friend. And another friend actually later was like, watch this one. And I feel bad because we <laughs> both did not care for it. Um, I, I like the storyline of this movie. Okay. 
because it was original and I've never seen anything like this before. Sure. So basically, like these five friends are going on a road trip um, to go to like the most haunted house attractions like that the they most can intent, find. The most quote unquote intense haunt yes. they can find. Um, and the main guy, I guess you, you'd kind of call him one of the main guys, right? Uh, he's like he's like the guy that kind of put it all together. Right. And they're they're filming their whole experience, and these tapes are basically um, gathered from um, I don't know the police or something later on. That yeah, that's kind of that's like that's the, the deal with these. This is a found footage film, and in the in the name of them, found footage. It's the idea is that horrible things happen to these characters, but then you know somebody found the footage and released it. And that's mm-hmm. what makes it all all scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one I I just could not get behind. Like, I I didn't mind the characters. It just we didn't learn much about them. Like, I'll try and so there's there's four guys, one girl. Mm-hmm. The the girl is distinct because she is the only woman. Yeah. So she's easy to keep track of. Right. You know that's 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 science. And the guy that put it together, because they kept going to I don't even remember his name, but no. He was the one that was like super excited about this whole road trip and finding like the creepiest yeah, haunted yeah. house. And I think his older brother, if I'm getting him right, was another character. Is that the guy with the beard? Uh, no, the guy with the long hair. And he was actually the director. Um, See, I feel like him and another kid yes. <laughs> were forgettable. So we're pulling up the picture. Yeah, the director, uh, he stars in it and he's really forgettable. And another guy, seriously, his character is... He's a health food nut. Yeah. That is literally all it. we're given to my knowledge. Yeah. And then another guy, the most memorable guy, is just kind of a, 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 a I would fun... say a little bit of a chubbier party animal. Yeah. Like he's kind of chubby, but he he, just, he looks great. He wears it well and he's, he's funny and charismatic. So like, first of all, the characters, there's not a lot to really grasp onto and root for. And then a lot of the times... You know, they're behind the camera anyways, so you don't really get a chance. So you don't get a chance to really see them and connect with them. Yeah. I'm working on completing my thoughts. <laughs> um, but uh, so they're going, the, 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 main, the main structure of this movie is the friends are in the van, and then they go to a haunted house, and then they get back in the van... And some more kind of scary stuff happens, and then they go to another haunted house, and they mm-hmm. get back in the van, and then they go to like the final haunted house. Um, so the haunted house stuff makes up, I would say, thirty three percent of the movie at least. Yeah. And a lot of that haunted house stuff, you don't see any of the characters because it's the, all like first person angle. Yeah, the person camera. filming is focused on the haunted house, which I guess you should, because that's where the scary stuff is happening. But then you don't, like, at most you see the female character's reactions. Yeah. Um, and, but a lot of times you don't see any of the other characters, so you, you're never really worried about them. Uh, you know, once they get out of the haunted houses and the the weird collection of haunted house owners or something, the villains are also like the... hard to pin down. Yeah. It's interesting because I think the way that they, like, they talk to certain locals who are also going to these haunted houses or if they meet them at the bar and they say, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, I feel like they kind of set it up to 
give you an idea, like some of the people that work at these haunted houses are kind of psycho. Yeah. And almost yeah. like there is like a true, possibly cult type. Yeah. Real, I don't know, some type of community that. They, they are, intercut in a lot of like, quote unquote, behind the scenes footage of these people talking about, you know, people are interviewing them and they're like, oh, yeah, I heard this guy like he hung himself at a haunt and, you know. And the interviewer would be like, well, I heard they hired a pedophile. And they'd be like, oh, I'm not too surprised about that. So the idea behind the film is that these haunted houses are hiring on uh, nefarious people. Mm -hmm. Which in and of itself is scary. Sure, I get it. Yeah. I mean, that's probably not fair to people to work at haunted houses. Everybody's going to make a wage. But, you know, it's for a movie. But there's a scene where they're in their, their van. They're like mobile home they rented. And they turn on the headlights, and there's like 30 people in front of the van. The idea is they are all part of this collective. Community? That know, yeah, <laughs> this community that know that these people are trying to find a terrible haunted house, like the worst haunted house, and now they're trying to scare them. And then I think the lights turn off in the van, and they turn it back on, I would say four seconds later, mm-hmm. and they're all gone. Yeah. So they're either incredibly organized and fast <laughs> yeah they they should be like beyonce's dancers so they're like five six seven move and everybody got out again then the lights turn back on and they're all gone and it's like wait are they ghosts are they supernatural or mm-hmm. are they just like predators just the creep factor yeah is, i don't know so i mean and there there were some scares that didn't really land for me there's a scene where they find a a car broken down and it's a girl wearing this weird doll mask. Yeah. And she just comes into the RV. They just kind of let her into the RV. And then all of a sudden she starts screaming. And then I think it's just done with that scene. Yeah. Then she they, she they, leaves and then they're like... Do they even show her leaving? Did yeah. she walk out? Okay. She did walk all right. out. Yeah. 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 That one I was like, that, that was more of like... That should be on like a Curb Your Enthusiasm season <laughs> or something. It was more awkward and weird than scary... I, uh, yeah, I, and, uh, so cut quick to the ending. So they are trying to find this, this super intense haunted house. This community lures them out to, uh, the middle of nowhere. And they, like most of them each get dropped off at a different haunted house location, quote unquote. And they all have their own video cameras. Um, so now we can't see the reactions. We just see them videotaping and we hear the voiceover. Yeah. And they all get caught again and then they're all getting buried alive in caskets yeah pretty anticlimactic well, not even all of them i think it, they only showed maybe three of them four of them was there four it might have been three guys and a girl in a oh, pizza place God. see this is how memorable memorable know, these characters were i'm just yeah. <laughs> and so and then we find out that they made a sequel and from the synopsis that i read it sounds like all of them survived and then Which, and I'm then so they curious. do it again do they do it again? I, I mm. yeah. I I don't like hate watching things. I don't think that's a productive use of our time. And I'm sure it's incredibly difficult to make a feature film. Yeah, that's gotta be so tough. But the fact, if if it is true that they survived and then they went on to make another movie, like at that point, that's on you. Like if you get harassed again by by horror haunted house people. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> haunt me once, shame on you. Haunt me twice, shame on me. So that one was that one was pretty much passed for me. Yeah. yeah. 
So the uh, the next one we watched was Paranormal Activity Two. Mm-hmm. This one I thought was a lot of fun. Um, I tried to watch it in kind of a vacuum. Uh, I we watched a good chunk of Paranormal Activity One. Um, a long time ago. Yeah, and I this this one I gotta imagine any kind of negative reaction towards it, or maybe the majority of my negative reaction was it's more of the same. Because mm-hmm. from what I remember from the first one, yeah, it's pretty much more of the same. Mm-hmm. But it's I th- it still hit for me. I was still getting spooked. I get really spooked at like truly, like there is a ghost in the house kind of stuff. Yeah. That creeps me out. Well, and I did like that you never really saw the evil. Right. You know. Right. It was it all. It was all the evil were. And that, that to me is very freaky when like, you know, the evil brings itself into, you know, a human or mm-hmm. whatever body. Um, but. Yeah, I thought that um, the storyline was kind of cool. You know, they kind of set it up where they are doing home videos mm-hmm. because they just had a baby and they're bringing the baby home and they're, you know, as families do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then creepy things start happening in their house and they, they're kind of unexplained. And I think the mom and the stepdaughter think that it's a lot more paranormal stuff going on and the dad's like, what are you talking about? Don't be dumb. I hate skeptical dads, <laughs> you guys. I that that happens a lot in horror movies, especially like haunted house movies. They're skeptical dads. Mm-hmm. They're like, "You girls are crazy with your menstruation and you know you're dyeing your hair and toenails." And it's like, it's like if you just if the guy just shuts up for two minutes. Mm-hmm. But and it's, I find it to be kind of an easy, lazy way to keep the story going because mm. if the dad believes then it's like okay well let's all just move out right and the, and the movie's over so i get it but i hate it because it's just <laughs> it's kind of boring and annoying simultaneously for me yeah um but uh, yeah so something i thought was really cool this week is we watched two found footage movies back to back and then mm-hmm. we watched two kind of outer spacey alien movies back to back yeah that's didn't true. plan on it just no. kind of happened um, but yeah, yeah, they, the setup was really cool. Like, I think setting up why it's a found footage film is really important. Mm-hmm. And for this one, it being uh, basically that, yeah, they just had a baby, and then they're just kind of filming uh, family interactions with the new baby. And then uh, supposedly there's a break-in in the home. There's probably the spirit in the movie, but they think there's a break-in, so then they install all these cameras in the house. And there you basically ju- you have it all set out for you. Now we can just build on the uh, fear and the tension. Yeah. And I thought they did a really good job. Um, they do a, something really cool. Uh, every night when, when stuff's about to go crazy, they just cut between the different cameras, showing the exterior, showing the kitchen, showing the uh, the backyard showing the baby's bedroom um, and they just kind of flash between them so the tension continues to build a language is built into the movie where you know that once they start flashing to these different rooms like stuff's about, about to go, to go down. yeah and it and it, it's just it's worked really well that repetition it doesn't get tired it just keys you in without the corny music which thinking on it now I'm like that would have been a good drinking game. <laughs> With however many, they did that a lot. Would have gotten drunk quick. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, 
But uh, yeah, some, something else I enjoyed is I remembered enough of Paranormal Activity 1 that we kind of talked about it as we started watching. And we're like, oh yeah, so this is the sister of the lady from the first movie and it's her family and so they actually build this like this this story of you know the first one wasn't a one-off thing it turns out that this is a family issue that the girls have been dealing with since they were uh little kids Mm -hmm. um and actually i think it even goes back in the family history and basically somebody kind of great grandmother or something yeah yeah made a deal with a demon for for power and wealth but the first male-born son in the family was owed. And there was mm-hmm. no males in the family until this baby, this baby was born. And that's mm-hmm. how the stuff happens. And they, they explain how this family is haunted. But then it gets passed over to the family in the first one. And then it all comes back around at the end. The, the woman that gets possessed in the first one, she comes to the house and like kills the mom and dad and steals the boy Mm -hmm. so basically the demon wins in the end i just realized we didn't talk about this is a very spoiler heavy (laughs) podcast i apologize (laughs) i hope we're not ruining anything for anybody but uh just know that uh and we'll post what movies we're talking about and i'll post a little spoiler warning when i release the podcast just so people know if Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about anything you're interested in uh Maybe skip ahead or something. Yeah, skip ahead. You know, ideally watch the movie and then come back. Um, so, yeah, I this one actually made me want to watch more of them, which yeah. the first one didn't. The first one just just scared me like crazy. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want more of this. But this one, like building up kind of the the, the, the deeper backstory, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm into that. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. I think anything else? No, I mean... Uh, yeah, I just I really dug the uh, the ending mm-hmm. when the sister came in and how she killed the dad. I think we were both like, "Whoa!" It was <laughs> not. Crap. It was like a brutal <laughs> neck snap. Yeah, that it was, was wild. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, so the next one we watched, we're actually gonna skip because that's that's the one that Amber is gonna dig deeper into. So the one we watched on Thursday was called Dark Skies. Another mm-hmm. uh, recommendation from a friend. Yep. And this one was, it was really solid. I'd say watch it. Yeah, I thought that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, this one, I'll uh, read the synopsis quick. Uh, As the Barrett family's peaceful suburban life is rocked by an escalating series of disturbing events, they come to learn that a terrifying and deadly force is after them, one which may have arrived from beyond the stars. Mm-hmm. So this is our first alien movie that we've watched yeah. in October. Um, and I, I didn't grow up with a lot of alien movies. I had a friend, uh, that was terrified of fire in the sky. I believe it's based on the disputable true story of a person or persons that get abducted by aliens. And he is, he said, it's just scared him like crazy. Um, but I just, I didn't grow up with a lot of them. Mm, yeah. Uh, this one I, I enjoyed though. Um, the, the characters were pretty well developed uh, I was telling you, like early on in the movie, uh, it's cool. The the family, it's a uh, wife and husband, and they're two boys. Uh, one's a teenager, one's younger. And they're dealing with like money issues, like the husband's been out of the job, mm-hmm. and that's bringing stress into the family. And uh, the teenage son had health issues when he was a kid and then as these weird things stop hap- start happening they think their younger son is having health issues too 
it hit on some real life stuff that you know to be kind of candid with you like we've dealt with that um when i first switched positions and got into real estate like times were extremely lean and it was really stressful you know uh and then uh, our son having a seizure condition like there's a lot of stuff from like this is hitting me a lot harder than it would have when I wa- if I watched this you know when I was right. twenty or whatever. So I thought I thought that was cool, but also just uh, just you know it's wild where life will take you. But it was well, and I think you, know. you had thought the way that they interact with the neighbors, you know, as they're dealing with this type mm-hmm. of stuff is like they're trying to keep it hush hush for the reputation. Yeah, you know, he's like. You know, they obviously live in a very suburbia-type neighborhood, and everyone's in everyone's business. Right. And they're trying to keep a facade of, no, everything's fine. We're not getting, you know, birds thrown at our house every day or whatever. But that I think that's the moral of the movie, is they start off with very much worrying about what people are going to think about them Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, being judged, and then they realize that, their their family and their kids are more important than any of that so they don't you know they don't care what anybody else is think they got to protect their kids um but yeah basically uh just weird stuff starts happening people kind of start sleepwalking and there's you know they'll wake up in the middle of the night and all their like, like family uh, photos are taken out of yeah the frames yeah and... their plates and bowls are all stacked up like crazy um and it the cool thing is it eventually happens to everybody in the family so we get a little bit of skeptical dad syndrome up front yeah which i thought was the weakest part of the movie Mm -hmm. i hate skeptical dad (laughs) um but it eventually happens to him and so he finally comes around and i don't know if we're gonna get to do this too often but we got a surprise jk simmons cameo (laughs) which really got me going i love (laughs) jk simmons he is the only J. Jonah Jameson in my eyes. Anytime I read a Spider-Man comic, if there's J. Jonah Jameson, it's it's J.K. Simmons in my head. Ten times mm-hmm. out of ten. Um, and he's kind of the, the guy that is a alien expert. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, you know, they're being monitored by the greys, a certain type of alien. And in his experience, when they're doing this, they're going to take one of them. Yeah. Um, and the youngest son seems to really be affected by the aliens. So you're led to think that uh, the youngest son is going to get taken. Mm-hmm. So they develop this plan to defend their youngest son. They board up the windows. They buy a shotgun. They get a very aggressive dog. Very aggressive dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of a planning stage towards the end, which I liked, like showing them boarding up the windows. Um, and uh, in the end... They do their best, but it turns out they're not coming for the youngest son. They're coming for the teenage son. Because mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons mentions, like, these aliens can watch you for years. And turns out when the oldest son was a baby, the aliens basically infected him. Because uh, the parents said uh, he was allergic to everything. He was terribly sick. They thought he was going to die, and then he got better. So uh, the idea is that the first person that the aliens make contact with is the one they're going to take right and they mistakenly think it's the youngest son but it turns out it's the oldest and they take him Mm -hmm. and it's pretty sad but they don't dwell on it too much like the the movie just kind of kicks into the end yeah like three months later yeah which (laughs) it moved uh, and 
I could have used a little more emotional impact with it. Yeah, that was interesting. But I think just they kind of maybe they ran out of time or money or something. Could be. Um, but uh, there's one kid in the movie who is the teenage son's best friend, and he is just a total dirtbag. Like uh, he's terrible. He's annoying. He. He's like the kid on Toy Story that would torment. Yeah, the toys. Sid. 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 Yeah, he's very much like <laughs> Sid, but a little older. So I, especially with guys. I, I don't mean to, you know, probably with ladies as well, but a lot of guys, when you're growing up, you have that friend who just talks to you about sex like they've done it all. Like, <laughs> oh man, you got to do this and do this. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, they had no idea what they were talking about. They were mm-hmm. making all that up, just trying to impress you. And that's this kid. And he says like a lot of yo dog and like he's, he's, oh, the, he's just terrible. He's this little ginger kid. Fantastic actor because I hated him the yep. entire movie. Um, but, uh, you know what, the way I'm going to interpret it is I think he's, uh, in the closet. Interesting. I think he's, he's, he's not uh, allowing himself to be his true self because there's a scene where they're walking through some woods and, uh, he asked the main teenage son if he made out with this girl and he's like, oh yeah, a little bit. And, you know, kind of touched the boob a little. And then all of a sudden this, this crazy ginger weirdo has an airsoft gun and he just starts shooting him and chasing him. So I think he was jealous and he was upset. Interesting. And so he took out his aggression. He didn't know how to process it. So Maybe, maybe. That makes him more of a sympathetic character. So I don't... You hate him a little less? Just totally hate him so bad. <laughs> so that that helps me get through the movie. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, to me, it kind of gave me a little bit of like Stranger, Stranger Things vibe. The kid um, stuff, for sure. Kid stuff, yeah. 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 It's 97 minutes. You know, it's it's not it's not the longest movie in the world, and it's got Carrie Russell in it. She's Kept fantastic. Our the whole yeah, time too. made me realize I want to watch The Americans, because oh. Carrie Russell's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and we were we were into it the whole time, so that one was a lot of fun. Uh, we are gonna skip the next one because I'm digging into that, and the one we just watched today actually was Ginger Snaps. Yeah, and that one a friend recommended to us yep. too, and um, that one was really really cool very um i feel like a coming of age teenager movie yeah um that was you know it basically dealt with werewolves and um what about these two sisters 15 and 16 and they're very much into like death death. yeah they're into death i mean they they're they have like a bond something about you know they're Either the saying was dead by 16 or dead in the scene, something, something like that. Something like that. I don't really, I still don't know what that means. So they were trying to come up with different ways that they could basically kill themselves. Right? Kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to make it like the perfect one. And they would take photos of these different creations that mm-hmm. they came up with. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of more of an outcast. They were both pretty much an outcast at, in mm-hmm. high school and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of just dug it, but... Yeah, I I thought it was it was really cute. Um, oh, cute's a dismissive term. I it was it was it was fun. It was it was kind of an interesting look into. I thought I there was times where maybe I got the little vibe of there's an old white man writing this dialogue, but not often. Like yeah. especially them dealing with uh, their first period and becoming a woman. Mm-hmm. It felt fairly. From an outsider's point of view, it felt like it was probably pretty accurate. 
Yeah, it, it for a was horror movie. For a horror movie, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, the whole premise was basically, you know, these two girls are outcasts. Um, there's like dogs that are getting mutilated every day for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then they're. I think the the oldest girl ends up getting her period. In very the, first period. Very first period. They're like 16, three. They're three years late, both of them. Which is wow. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, but everybody's different. Um, anyways, so they're, they're out at this park, um, basically trying to come up with an idea to, I don't know, get this girl's dog from high school that they don't like. And I don't know if they want to kill it or pretend to kill it or whatever, but, um, so yeah, the, the girl gets her period and then all of a sudden this like werewolf being attacks her and, Mm. um, ends up like clawing at her and biting her. And then she in turn turns into a werewolf Mm -hmm. for the rest of the movie. Um, and kind of changes into mm. more of a confident you, yeah yeah absolutely no no i think you going. nailed it i something i thought was cool is the movie deals with i mean you know kind of transitioning from a girl into a woman mm-hmm. uh and also it has to deal with safe sex because at one point after ginger becomes infected with a werewolf virus mm-hmm. she has sex with this guy and then he like gets the virus mm-hmm. via sexual transmission. So, I mean, it doesn't deal with it too heavy-handed, which it shouldn't. Like, it just kind of tells you, like, if you have sex without a condom, bad stuff can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. I I still I'm still trying to kind of figure out the metaphor of like a woman getting her first period, which has to deal with the phases of the moon and then you know the Mm -hmm. lunar calendar and i mean yeah like it's easy to create the relation between menstruation and a wolf or a werewolf you know a werewolf only comes out during the full moon i mean no i'm I'm not i'm not making this up i'm no i see exactly (laughs) i i see what honey do you want to go down no oh god Oh, God, no. Other people that are way smarter than me have said this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, like, obviously the idea of a girl becoming a woman doesn't mean she's becoming a monster. And that's not what this movie is postulating. But it's, is it the idea of weaponizing womanhood or, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking into it too deep. And it's just, maybe somebody was like, you know, I'd like to make a coming-of-age movie, but dealing with werewolves and periods. And if that's the case, they nailed it. I, I think they they made a really entertaining, funny movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, i got to look up the writer's name because I was trying to think of it the whole time, and I'm embarrassed that I couldn't think of her name. It is... It's like pre... Oh, I'm going to find it. But yeah, I think... Uh... The the girls are very, very close. and yeah. Oh, did you find it? I did. It, it felt uh, proto-Diablo Cody. Like Bior- ah. before Diablo Cody was around and she created Juno. And, uh, of course, Jennifer's body. It had that feel to the dialogue. Kind of overly written. Like it's not something kids would really say. But, you know, if it was what kids would really say, it'd be boring. So they kind of, mm. they zhuzh it up a bit. Mm-hmm. So it had that kind of vibe, which I enjoyed uh, a lot. I thought the writing was actually pretty fun. Now that you say that, I can totally see it with, like, 
the way that the parents were to the girls, especially the mom, yeah. how she would <laughs> interact was... with the girls is a lot like like Juno's mom, I think. I think the mom towards the end of the movie admitted she was just going to kill her husband and she was going to run that away with the weird. two girls. <laughs> that, was a, <laughs> that was a turn. That was a turn for the character for sure. <laughs> um, so out of those five, I think Ginger Snaps would be the one where I'd be like, watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. The other ones are pretty solid. Like I said, I, I didn't really care for the House's October built, but if you did, that's awesome. I or just, Dark Skies, I, I think people would Dark Skies was really good too, yeah. Um, so now we're going to get into kind of our deep dive. Uh, we're already going long, so it's not going to be crazy deep, but we just wanted to get in a little more nuts and bolts. Uh, would you be okay going first, or you want me to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Okay. I feel like I'm, my deep dive probably won't be as significant as your deep dive. No, I'm you. sure you're going to be <laughs> just um, fine. But no, on Wednesday we watched uh, Spring, which t- uh, it was a 2014 movie. Mm-hmm. Looks like it was directed by Justin Benson. It's a horror, romance, sci-fi movie. Um, basically about... Go ahead. Sorry, and it was recommended to us by my brother Dylan. This oh, was yes. This was Dylan Wednesdays. Yep, yep. And he recommended Spring. I thought he nailed it, but I'm going to let you continue. I no, I thought he did too. It was very... Um, uh, very sci-fi, but it it was interesting because I felt like it. You kind of have to lump it into the horror, romance, sci-fi genres, but it. Mm. If you didn't, there wasn't really a genre for it, because it wasn't really horror to me. No. Sure, it was a romance kind of movie, and it had sci-fi in it. And I, I like that a lot. I think it blended like the genres very well. well. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, basically, yeah, this this main character, Evan, again, we're going to do spoilers, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, his, his mom dies within minutes, the first few minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. and so he ends up backpacking to Rome and finds a couple dudes in, like, I don't know if it's a coffee joint or a bar or something. It seemed very mellow Yeah, vibe. did he find him in France or London or something? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he, he finds a couple of... Uh... One was Welsh, I remember. I think the other one was just uh, English. Yeah. Um, but it was a very low-budget film. Before I sorry, get into the whole story of it, um, I guess it only made like just shy of 50K. Made money, though. Good for them. Yeah. That's um, great. And I guess a, a lot of the photography and the shots were from drones, which makes a lot of sense now that I mm-hmm. see that after watching it. But... Um, yeah, so he ends up finding a couple dudes and goes on a road trip with them to, where was it that they went? I just remember being a village in Italy. Yeah, very small village. Yeah. Kind of stay in a hostel. Um, and then they end up going out to dinner and he sees this girl that he's kind of fallen head over heels for. Um, goes to talk to her and... At first, he thinks that she's a prostitute because she's kind of like, "Hey, you want to get out of here?" Immediately like, come home. Immediately, with me, yeah. yeah. Clear that she wants to have sex with him. Um, so he kind of is saying, "Like, are you gonna have to charge me for?" That? <laughs> um, but anyways, he, she, you know, she ends up going on her merry way, and uh, they all go back. I think this like the next morning. The guys ended up wanting to to leave and kind of continue their backpacking. Um, and he decides to stay and finds this farmer, Angelo. 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 Come on, Am- hey. Angelo. Um, who's a farmer. And so for room and board, he has to work on the farm with him. Mm. Um, 
which ends up being kind of like his mentor in a way, you know, someone that he can kind of talk to. And it's a very sweet relationship those two had. Very, very sweet. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, basically him trying to woo Louise, is her name, um, who is a genetic student. Um, and she has like a unique accent that he comments on. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm just from all these different places. Mm-hmm. I move around a lot. Maybe That's I just kind of. Forgot about that part, yeah. Yeah, and get all these and mesh it into one. She's like, I know, it's it's weird. But uh, ends up trying to, yeah, go on these dates with her. And at first she kind of pushes him away. And then she, I think after a while, agrees to go on these dates with him. And they end up having a really good connection. And it becomes more of a love story. And then I think there's a point where she has this hidden secret, this hidden dangerous, you know, whatever secret. Um and it kind of shows her that she can only see him, I think, at nighttime, right? She doesn't really see him during the day. Yeah, like ca- kind that. of. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of see her at some points, you know, she's having, she starts to transform into something. Yeah. And she starts, like, her skin starts, like, shedding off of her and um, kind of look like reptilian in a way. The first one I thought looked very werewolfish, but yeah, then other times, like, yeah, it looked reptilian. The tail and the right. gooey, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so you, you kind of think, like, is she, like, a weird vampire or something? Mm-hmm. And uh, so she ends up trying to break up with him, and he's, you know, is kind of like, you know, I you're it for me, you know, I want to basically say I would spend the rest of my life with you. Mm-hmm. Um so he ends up leaving, and I think he comes back, and she's in the middle of, like, transforming and ends up transforming into this being that yeah. she is. Because she pushes him away, right? She does. Yeah, because she, she kills a tourist. Yeah. And he pu- or she pushes him away. Because she can feel, like, her big change is about to happen to yeah. where she's... Basically, when she does transform, she transforms into a different person. So what didn't she set it up where it she like has every... to have sex with a, a man, mm-hmm. and from those cells of the man, because they basically yeah. impregnate her. Right. From those cells, she becomes a whole different person to keep living on forever. Yeah, she kind of takes on aspects of the person that uh, donated his yeah. genetic code to her. Right. Every twenty years. Yes. Okay. So her big change is about to happen, yeah. and he must have impregnated her. I think is what they had said at the end. Yeah. But, and as, as the big change comes, she, like, gets more aggressive. I think they mm-hmm. talk about that. And she has no control over it yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he sees this, and then they have like, this really cool scene where she kind of, like, he kind of freaks out, leaves. She comes running after him, trying to explain everything to him. And, like, the chemistry of the two characters I thought was really well, like, really well Absolutely. written. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I bought it immediately. they do a great job. Immediately. Yeah, they do a really great job. Um and yeah, just the way that the, the footage is, is now that I know it's all very much drone cameras, it makes a, a lot of sense. Is that now. right? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's really very cool. Huh. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, so I think like the ending was that she had, I think she had what, less than 24 hours? Until her, until until her, her ch- final change happened. And she said, you know, there's one way that could stop this that I have to fall in, in love. Releases oxytocin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which would stop the transformation. She would... Sorry, I keep no. kind of jumping in, but... Uh, and so instead of making that big change into the next phase of her existence... 
she would, she stay. would stay. Yeah. And she would be mortal, more yeah. or less. She would die. She would have a typical lifespan. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So I think they, they ended with, you know, them spending that whole 24 hours together mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, the love grew, I think, between the two. and. Yeah. Um, I think the next morning came and you could tell she's about to change and it kind of pans over to him like she's laying on his lap and it kind of pans to him and I can't even remember what all he was saying. He was talking he about talks, something. He talks about like what's so great about being mortal, about having a finite lifespan. It, I thought it was really well done. Like his, like just the things that he was talking about, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was really believable. Mm-hmm. Um, but while he's talking, you like hear her kind of changing like yeah potentially transforming yeah and he's basically ready to die if she transforms yeah and i think they they pan out again and you see that she doesn't transform so she clearly got the that oxytocin was released and she's in love yeah which i was looking at some of the reviews of some of the people and they thought that if he didn't they thought it was going to be a better movie if he didn't wrap up his story at the end hmm you meaning she didn't fall in love with him, or I think you know when they usually they pan up to his face and he started talking. Oh, I meaning think they, they shouldn't have panned out. Yeah, that they should have just kept it on his face and you didn't know if she, you know, changed or not. Which I like. I mean, I liked them both. I yeah, thought I think would... either one would have its merits. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. I really felt like the last twenty four hours that these two characters spend with each other. It gets a little more kind of horror movie-ish. You see mm-hmm. a little more of the, the monster that she transforms into. But also it becomes way more romantic. Like their conversations, mm-hmm. they deal with life and death and love. And it really digs deep. And I, it really had me invested for that last 40 minutes, 30 minutes of the movie. Good writing. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Um, oh, and so I'm I lo- would watch it. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a photo of the... Uh, star Lou Taylor Pucci, mm-hmm. um, and he looks like Guy Pierce from Memento, mixed with Sean Evans from the Hot, uh, ones. The Hot ones show. <laughs> um, that that's not really relevant. It's just something I noticed. But yeah, so you give it a watch. It yeah, yeah. I would I would definitely watch it. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of kind of gross stuff, like just the transforming the monster. But, I mean, if you can deal with that, it's a very beautiful, I think, well-thought-out movie, well-executed. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was invested in the characters. Um, when he's in, uh, like, SoCal at the beginning of the movie, all his friends are just, like, kind of dip, typical dipshit friends, but it's done really well. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody in this movie is really not likable. Everybody's really down-to-earth. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I really enjoyed it. Now, which one do you want to go deep into? Oh, well, first of all, great job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> that was very well done. So I'm going to go into Color Out of Space, which we watched yesterday, and it was wild. Yeah. Uh, so Color Out of Space is based off the uh, short story The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, if you don't know, H.P. Lovecraft was a... Uh, prevalent prevalent writer in the early 1920s sci-fi and horror specifically is a lot of what he wrote unfortunately he was a pretty bad racist which mm. makes it hard that's that's part of what's kind of held me back from getting into his works but after watching this movie i want to dig in i you know i that that's kind of a tough thing to contend with but i'd still like to read some of his work uh so 
I'll get into the movie first. Uh, Color Out of Space is, I'm just going to read the synopsis real quick to kind of help me frame it. Uh, a secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. So we are following the, uh, the Gardner family, I believe. Hopefully I didn't get that wrong. I think it's Gardner. I can't remember um, now. But uh, yeah, so Nicholas Cage is the dad, Nathan. Uh, Jolie Richardson is Teresa. Uh, there's uh, Madeline Arthur. I haven't seen her a lot of stuff. She plays the daughter. And uh, there's uh, two sons. One is the oldest son. One is the youngest son. So three kids, two parents. And starts off with this, uh, this character, uh, Ward Phillips. He's a hydrologist and surveyor. Stumbles upon their land, and he's just kind of taking water samples and checking out the area. Um, turns out in the actual uh, short story, he is the narrator, which at the end, it kind of keys into that. Um, but there's no real narrator in this movie. Uh, it's just sort of, there's nobody giving us backstory. It just follows the family. So Gardner family is living out in the sticks uh, just outside of Arkham, which is a... Uh, fictional location in H.P. Lovecraft books. I believe it's in Massachusetts. Um, and so this family is just kind of out in the sticks doing their own thing, uh, hunter-gatherer style. Um, the dad owns alpacas, and he's very into the alpacas. He like <laughs> he yells at his oldest son at one point. He's like, do you know how much money I have in these alpacas? Like, He's, he's going deep on alpacas. He says they're the animal of the future, they're just alpacas um i don't know they're fine but uh, so all of a sudden one night everybody's kind of in bed the parents are trying to have sex they haven't had sex in a long time the son is uh stoned watching uh the night sky on his uh, uh computer watching like constellations and stuff all of a sudden these incredible bright lights happen and there's like an explosion in the home not in the home but an explosion of light in the home and they go outside, and it looks like a meteorite has landed in their front yard. And stuff kind of starts getting a little weird at that point, but it really starts getting weird when uh, there's a terrible thunderstorm that sweeps through, and lightning strikes this meteorite multiple times, and it actually releases these kind of life forms mm -hmm. and these kind of almost globule, just colors like it's it's almost like uh like if you ever uh mix gasoline and water gasoline kind of makes that weird kind of wavy color does that make sense yes yeah it's mm -hmm. kind of similar to that um and so the family just starts acting super weird they start losing track of time like there's there's time jumps uh somebody will be hanging out and then it'll automatically be three hours later and they don't know what happened um, Nicholas Cage in the beginning is just a dad. He's just a normal nerdy ass dad, and he does a great job at it. But then once stuff starts going sideways, he goes full Nick Cage, and it's just fantastic. <laughs> um, there's a scene where he freaks out in a car, and it's just like him hitting the steering wheel a bunch. He's like ha ha ha, and then he punches the ceiling, of the roof of the car ha 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 ha. And of course, it goes on for 20 seconds because it's Nick Cage and he knows what he's doing and he nails it. Um, so stuff just keeps getting worse and worse. 
and uh, we we do these little Facebook videos that give a brief synopsis and something that I, I really like this movie but it was really hard to watch and I listened to an interview with the director and he said like the horror and it was a movie you wanted he wanted you to feel it in his diaphragm and I absolutely felt that because the first major terrible thing that happens in the family is uh, the older brother and youngest brother are investigating the alpacas and they're all they're all gnarled up like creatures kind of just kind of form into these weird Cronenbergian creatures well, like their, their original skin fell off yeah and they like melt together yeah and so younger brother and older brother see that and then all of a sudden the bright light starts coming in so they run away younger brother falls mom goes out to get him and it's like this lightning hits them and they fuse together back to back and it is uncomfortable it is so heartbreaking because the kid does such a good job of like whimpering and the mom neither of the characters can speak they're just kind of surviving and in trauma and pain and that was really hard to watch that was a challenge to to watch that stuff because it was just so sad it's just this cute little kid and all the actors did a great job and uh, so that happens um the dad is losing his mind uh the daughter just wants to get out of there throughout the whole movie she like trying to cast spells yeah she's doing like these wiccan rituals and she just says get me out of here i want to be out of here um and so especially after the mom and son go down and they fuse together um they're still alive but the daughter's like we need to get out of here to the oldest brother they're about to leave but then the older brother that fool he thinks that their dead dog is down a well so he starts crawling down this well um and all of a sudden that light hits again and it basically just kills him in this well so he goes down then it's just the daughter and the dad left um this uh the surveyor that we kind of start off the movie meeting he's been hanging out with the family a little bit here and there he finally comes back and at one point the uh nicholas cage is about to kill the mom and son but he decides against it and then he takes his daughter up to feed the daughter to the mom and son because they have totally transmorphed into this horrible monster Mm -hmm. um and so she's just about to die the uh, hydrologist shows up with a sheriff and uh they save her um because actually nicholas cage ends up shooting the monster the mother and the daughter or the mother and the son portion of it and he says they're not my family he's totally lost it by now um uh he then later is about to turn the gun on the hydrologist and the sheriff shoots him and kills him stuff just goes sideways something i totally forgot is tommy chong's in the movie tommy chong is fantastic he plays like this this goofball hippie guy that just lives out in the forest ezra ezra that's Mm -hmm. right and uh the hydrologist the hydrologist and the sheriff go out to save ezra because they don't want to leave anybody here because terrible stuff's happening and ezra has just kind of become one with this entity with this meteorite and the living creatures that came on it and he's talking through the tv but it's basically ezra is dead and his eyes are gone but you hear his voice coming through the tv 
and basically saying like, yeah, these, these interstellar creatures are here and they're going to form this land to how they see fit and stuff like that. Um, so they leave. Ezra's, there's no saving Ezra. Uh, the sheriff then gets sucked up into a tree and murdered. Um, and uh, the hydrologist goes back to the home to try and save the daughter. But the daughter eventually just says, you know, I'm home. This is my home now. Yeah, yeah this is my home. And the whole movie she said, get me out of here. But now she's realized that this is her home. And it's not like a pride thing. It's more of she's it's just she's given up. Mm-hmm. She knows that she's not getting out of here. And she gets consumed by this light and this energy. And then at the end, there's this big climactic, apocalyptic boom sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the hydrologist survives, but around him is Ash, which is actually part of the novella, the, the short story. Um, so I really loved it. I thought it was visually a very satisfying movie even some of the really hard stuff to watch like the body horror stuff of the mom and the son um or the alpacas yeah. being merged together but that was that was all very uh um i believe it was cronenberg that did the fly and he did a lot of body horror stuff mm. had that uh <clears throat> excuse me had that kind of feel and i want to watch it again because i was so saddened and shocked by the mother and son getting fused together that I couldn't really move past yeah 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 I've I've realized I haven't been too scared of these horror movies I think because we're trying to watch with a critical eye Mm, and at that point I was so sad I couldn't really watch it with that critical eye I was just I was you know I, I can't I dogs and kids getting hurt in movies really it, it's hard for me to get past that mm-hmm. we had a lot of dead dogs in these movies guys we had like five dead dogs oh this gosh. week too many yeah. dead dogs um but i want to watch it again because i'll be prepared for that scene and i want to really take it in because they did a good job of fusing practical and special effects so mm-hmm. like in lens and camera stuff but then they also added special effects onto it i thought that was uh, really great and the uh, the director said as much that was his focus um the director i didn't realize this he was the guy that uh was the first director on uh oh my goodness of course i forget it uh he was the initial director on apologies guys what was that movie the Island of Dr. Moreau. Island, Island of Dr. Moreau is famous for being this like cursed production that pretty much drove this director mad. Really? Yeah, he ended up just... There's a movie uh, documentary that's, that's based off this guy's experience. He's trying to make this movie, The Island of Dr. Moreau. It uh, sounds like uh, Marlon Brando uh, was a main actor. Sounds like he was just terrible to work with. Hmm. Um, as well as Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer sounded like he was kind of a jerk. And just, just the production just kind of drove him mad for a little bit. So he left directing for quite a long time. He directed some stuff after that, but I think this is his first like really big you know, film back. Because um, yeah, we got The Island of Dr. Moreau in 96. 
Looks like he did some documentaries afterwards. Um, but then 2019, this is the first like kind of non-documentary um, film. And, and he just, he did an incredible job, you know, for my untrained eye. And uh, the cool thing is, this is a the first movie in a planned trilogy. Um, <coughs> excuse me, they're all going to be based off of H.P. Lovecraft uh, stories. The next one is based off the Dunwich Horror, um, which, like I said, I've never really read too much H.P. Lovecraft. I just know of the universe and the old gods, the old ones, um, which are these these interstellar, extra-dimensional creatures that want to come to our world and consume or rule over everybody mm-hmm. um i know a tiny bit but with especially with this initial outing like i would you know i'll be one of the first people in line to get the ticket for the dunwich horror or whatever he calls it because this one was just it was it was a challenge some of the darker like heavier stuff i felt it in my diaphragm mm-hmm. for sure because it was hard to watch um but uh, yeah i really enjoyed it and I interrupted you a bunch when you were talking about spring. You didn't interrupt me once when you when you really should have. <laughs> no. um, tell me, tell me what you thought about it. No, I I agree that it was, um, yeah, very uncomfortable. Yeah. That was like my main word was it's yeah. just uncomfortable to watch. And you know, at the at first, I think my thought was because I, I tend to try and read and see where the story might be going. Um, but I thought that maybe the daughter had kind of called in. Yeah this sci-fi paranormal thing to happen to mm. somehow give her the opportunity to leave or something. Mm. Um, but definitely not at all what I thought it was going to be. And yeah, the, the part with the mom and the son, it's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, it was, it was hard to watch, but. It, uh, yeah, I didn't know where the story was going. Yeah, it not was, at all. Yeah, it, it was, it was. And yeah, seeing Tommy Chong as Ezra was a, a real treat. Tommy was Chong fun. was a ton of fun. He did a great yeah. job. And uh, it's, I believe, I'm not wrong, but I believe it's from the same production company uh, that did Mandy. And uh, Elijah Wood is one of the owners of that production company. Elijah Ooh. Wood is huge into horror movies. I've heard some interviews with him. Wow. Big horror movie fan. Um, so they did Mandy, mm-hmm. um, I believe... You know what? I don't know if they did that other... doesn't matter. Um, Mandy, I really liked. I think we both enjoyed it. Yeah. If you don't know, it's another It's another horror movie starring Nicolas Cage, and he goes nuts. Like, he goes crazy in it. Um, but they're both similar in that they are visually singular. Like, I've mm. never really seen a movie like Mandy. And the parts that color out of space goes crazy... I've never really seen a movie like it. And yeah. I think that's that's super cool. It's hard to explain if you're into horror and sci-fi and, and you can like get it, past sure. some tough stuff, mm-hmm. watch it. It's it's absolutely worth the watch. Um, so, yeah, that's... Oops, sorry, I kind of hit the table with the mic. But, yeah, that is the movies we watched. Uh, oh, my God, I did it again. <laughs> so... <laughs> Tomorrow, uh, we're going to watch The Omen, the mm-hmm. original one. Yeah. Uh, I think we might have seen the, the mid-2000s remake in the past, and it wasn't very good. But, yeah, we want to watch the original. And, yeah, are there any movies you're looking forward to? Or you think we might kind of fit into the schedule? 
Um, well, I know our friend Adam had uh, recommended Trick or Treat, which I feel like I might have seen a long time ago. Yeah, but had Anna Paquin in it. I really like... I think I'd want to watch it again because, yeah, I feel like the, the movies that we have been watching, um, I'm finding myself not being as scared as I would be yeah. if I'm not watching it to, you know, critique it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's kind of fun because I can kind of go outside of my mind mm-hmm. and... And not be freaked out, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I I've seen that one a couple times, but I really want to watch it again because mm-hmm. I really like anthology horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our friend Matt recommended Train to Busan. Oh yeah. Which I've watched a little bit of it in the past. It's a, if I'm correct, it's a South Korean zombie film. And but we haven't done zombie yet, so that no. Be fun. So zombie be good. We haven't done anthology yet, so anthology be mm-hmm. good. But uh, the parts I remember from Train, Train to Busan got to me because, I don't know, zombie movies just, if the characters are written well, I get really invested. Mm. And then it makes it kind of hard for me to watch because I don't want to see these characters get hurt. But, you know, I guess that's what I'm paying for. That's right. The, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I want to throw some horror comedy that would be here. cool. Every once in a while. I brought up Young Frankenstein once. Yeah. That one's way more comedy than horror. Mm-hmm. But this is our show, so... You can, you can do whatever <laughs> we the do hell we want. Um, <laughs> that or uh, Gremlins or Gremlins 2, the new batch. Either mm. one of those would be fantastic. Yeah. And uh, anything else outside of horror movies that you're looking forward to this week? Um, No. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't think. I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into the house, uh, the haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, yeah, for That'll sure. That'll be a fun one for us to, I mean, we're watching a horror movie every day, but I think we can maybe fit in an episode, you know, as yeah. well before bed. Um, yeah, and, super stoked about yeah, that one. Yeah, and then we should probably go back and watch the haunting of Hill House again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. I could binge watch that in like two days, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you work, honey. I'll oh, get us caught up. Yeah, deal. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So if you guys have any movies you'd like us to watch, I mean, we've been asking people a lot on social media to recommend movies, and everybody's been great in sending us fantastic recommendations. Mm-hmm. If you have any recommendations, you can, uh, you know what, I'm going to pull up the actual uh, mailbox so I can give it to you. So you can reach us at lifewellspent at yahoo.com. Uh, no exclamation point. I know we have them in the title, but it's just life well spent at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know what you'd like us to watch. We'd be happy to add it to the list. And uh, again, if you have any uh, criticisms or if, if you want to tell us that you think we're great, email us. Let us know. We, we'd love to hear from people and, and you know, know that uh, people are watching and hopefully enjoying. But if not, Feel free to let us know. <laughs> or not. That's totally fine. Yeah. Or, you know, be nice to us and just, yeah. Let us pretend that we're great. <laughs> or assume we're great. All right. That's going to do it. It's it's late. Mm-hmm. We're tired. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a fantastic week. Uh, watch some horror movies. Let us know what you think of horror movies. And we will talk to you soon. This has been Amber. And Garrett? Yeah, I guess I'm, yeah, we're, no, we're like introducing each other. 
Thank you for watching Life Well Spent. And how about you get up on our level, nerds? <laughs> we haven't thought of another sign-out, so we're going to use that one again. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye.